Hey, podcast friends. If you love our podcast and want to help support us to continue making cool shit, consider joining our Patreon community. Get early access to each episode, a monthly hangout on Zoom, custom answers to your questions in exclusive Patreon videos, and much, much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash conversations with creators to become a patron today. Your support means the world to us. Now on to the episode. The fake blood coming off is is never a good time in the shower. No, no, it's, if you want to get blood out, makes laundry, a little bit of laundry detergent in your blood concoction, whatever it's made out of, it'll be so much easier to wash out. I want to take Satan to gay pride just to get some interactions and right as this gay ass gay satan gets out of my car all these parishioners are getting out of church like the bells rang and you're like roll 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 the cameras hey quick question before we get started would you like to win a free piece of clothing from snowman films and a 30 minute chat about your creative journey with me I know that I would love to connect with you, and I know that I would have loved to talk with somebody who had experienced a similar path when I was getting started. So let's make it happen. Here's what you need to do. Subscribe to the Conversations with Creators podcast, rate and review and share it in just five easy steps. First, write a review on your preferred podcasting platform and rate it. Five stars for good karma. Then, screenshot your review and share it on social media, tagging Snowman Films. Each month, I'll select one random winner to receive a free piece of clothing from our store and a 30-minute virtual coaching call with me. Again, subscribe, write a review, rate the show, screenshot that review, share it on social media tagging Snowman Films, and get entered into a drawing for that one-on-one virtual session with me and some free swag. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave me a review. I really appreciate you, and I'm excited to see you in our one-on-one virtual call soon. Now, let's dive into today's episode. So the big question is this. How are creators like us, who aren't built for the 9 to 5, for the people who put their passion before them being comfortable? How do we turn that passion into a living that pays the bills and a life that we love? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. My name is Noah Mittman, and welcome to Conversations with Creators. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Creators. I am your host, Noah Mittman. I am a filmmaker, podcaster, a whole bunch of things. And my guest today is Kevin Ward. He is a creature designer, a special effects makeup artist whose work has ranged from uh, Denver's uh, haunted houses called like 13th Floor, uh, he's been on season 9 and 13 of Sci-Fi's hit show Face Off, and he's just done a ton of awesome stuff. Kevin, welcome. Hi, thank you. <laughs> Good to see you. Yeah, me and Kevin have known each other for for quite a while. Um, shit, back when I met you, you were... So it was 13th floor, right? You were creating uh, creatures and rooms and stuff for uh, Odd House? The 13th floor in 2012, so... Yeah. That, over 10 years now. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's crazy. yeah because what were you at uh the asylum before that i mean not kind of not really i i got hired by the 13th floor company oh. owns the asylum and that season they sent me to the asylum got it got it because i think you i think you mostly stayed at the 13th floor yeah but at that time i was i was at 13th floor i think i was god i don't even remember my last year there was um but I just I remember being in your stratosphere for a couple of years there, and it was, yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> Long hours, but it was a blast. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so what was i mean that's how you got your start what kind of uh sparked your your interest in special fit effects makeup to begin with to begin with that's yeah what was the moment What's funny about that is this is a question I get all the time. I'm sure. <laughs> I answer for it. Yeah. Because the actual genesis of me as an artist is hard to pinpoint. I mean, if we just talked about that in the broad sense, I've always been an artist. I used to take my mom's fingernail polish and paint on the walls with it, take crowns, color out in the furniture. You know what I mean? I'm sure that went super well. <laughs> From diapers on, I was an artist. Of course. Nice. Narrowing it down to, you know, what made me more of like a fine artist, I'd yeah. say. You know, having this kind of obsession with film and movies at a young age, I got to actually, I wanted to get into cartoons for a while. So I used to check out drawing books at the public library before like the internet was so easy to get. If we're talking makeup wise, I was yeah. drama and art school or not art school drama in high school mm. got me into like the makeup side of that and then i went to art school i went to i moved out to denver go to college here start entering an effects company so that led to molding casting fabrication sets and then that segue to haunted houses where i learned more costuming so you know that I and mean? it seemed like a lot of different things carved out all these paths that eventually intersected yeah i mean it seems like you kind of had you kept finding like you knew you wanted to be artistic, but you kept finding different paths and different kind of. You, I guess kept honing in on what you really wanted to do over time. Yeah, it's it seemed like I had all these different things I wanted to pursue, and they kept. Yeah, like these little paths kept going into one bigger path. Is yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Like I said, it's, it's a it's kind of a hard question to answer, but I think in simple terms, I just. Spell lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> when did it start? When did you get here? Uh, the creature creation. When did that start for you? Okay, that's easier to know. Dang. <laughs> that started from the haunted house. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it was thir- it was thirteenth. What was like the first? Do you remember the first creature you created for them? Uh, do I? Let me think. What was the first creature? I remember in 2015, Evan Hedges and I created a Krampus, and that was a fully realized creature. It's that horns, face, body, stilts, everything. But um, prior to that, was that just a basically like a statue, or was it like animatronic moving around? No, that was performed by an actor. Oh, so okay. was- oh cool. Yeah, so it was like it was a full on man. That's cool. So it went on a body. Yeah, exactly. I mean, creature-wise, if we count zombies as creatures, I would say. <laughs> yeah, why not? Zombies are creatures, too, you know. So, <laughs> I would say probably 20, 2012, doing the haunted house. That was... Because it all begins with zombies. Like, every indie filmmaker wants to do a zombie film. But zombies is like, you know, creatures on training wheels. That's, yeah, that's, no, that's exact. It's 100%. It's probably the easiest to do, and... Yeah, just straight up the easiest. Like it's just facial, and you know you don't have to like create full on limb. That's quite main is if you're gonna, you know, it's easier to do a zombie than a werewolf, right? Because for a zombie, yeah. you technically do it out of kit. If you want to get fancy, make a prosthetic. A lot of times, it's just a face. Yeah, over the hands. We we made you a zombie a few times. I remember. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I, that was 
Uh, that was before I had the beard. Uh, and yeah, that was <laughs> happy, happy to not have a beard in those days. Cause that, uh, the fake blood coming off is, is never a good time in the shower. No, no, it's, it's a pain. I would say I have something to add to that in just a second. Yeah. Circle back to your first question. I would say 2012 was probably about the first time I made a creature and it would have been a zombie, albeit a simple one. If you want to get blood out, makes laundry, a little bit of laundry detergent in your blood concoction, whatever it's made out of, it'll be so much easier to wash out. That is a big hack. Oh my God, that's awesome. You know, especially, I mean, even for, for haunted house, for film, for anything, that is a great, that's a great tip. Because uh, that the, man, getting it off is... You never, I mean, again, if you're working haunted houses, you just, your face is always just kind of red through the entirety of October. Here's a, here's a funny little testament to what I just told you. So for my girlfriend's last birthday, we threw a prom style party because it was yeah. airy themed. Nice. We came in their prom outfits. We had a, we had a picture up. We had seventies music playing in the background. And then of course, as the party goes on, we have to do the ritualistic blood dunk. So we took her outside. Of course, I get to do it. Yeah, of course. Pick up the big bucket. We just dumped it on her and run. Tell me that's on, tell me that's on film somewhere. <laughs> but we did mix. I threw a little bit of laundry detergent in that blood. We did it in our backyard, and it was a <laughs> it was a mess. Yeah, yeah, I bet. But the first rain that came took care took care of all of it. It's all rain. Rain clears all. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just trying to think of the neighbors. When that rainstorm comes and there's just this mat, I'm sure some of it got maybe on the street and uh, they're just like, there's a lot of blood. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I would say the last four or five places I've lived, I have just made peace with being a weird neighbor on the block. Yeah. And also I feel because I've been to your house, you kind of have, you kind of have Halloween stuff up year round, right? Like there's kind of just like a spooky. So like, I feel like it's not a, huge surprise when weird shit happens like for for like you know i call them the muggles or whatever that are into kind of the film and the horror stuff but uh no i it would make sense that it comes from that house and the kids maybe just don't go close to it <laughs> also five <laughs> so speaking of 13th uh hans crippleton was born at 13th floor which i am a huge fan of, and uh, you actually made a whole movie with him um what did what did the Hans movie teach you about kind of performing and doing makeup on the same project? Yeah, so what's funny about the Hans movie is like uh, everybody that strives to become some creator, whether they're renowned in their local community or whether they're renowned nationwide, worldwide, whatever, they have an early project that is kind of their embarrassment, you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> you know, you get better. Like, your, yeah. first, your first thing, your first production, whatever, it shouldn't be your best. Yeah. It's rough. But uh, it was a lot of fun. And it was it was born out of the haunted house. I, I created this character, Hans. He was the, you know, deformed hillbilly, basically, who has, who has this uh, family that's equally deranged. So they live on this zombie farm and, it's 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 a funny kind of a stepping stone for me because during the haunted house years, I started getting into indie film. Mm. Actually, this year marks the ten year anniversary because twenty thirteen was when I started going to the Bug Theater. I started auditioning for indie films. I started meeting local directors, whatever. 
And I had been on science, but I thought, you know, maybe I'll I'll try this out, see if I can make a film. And and, and that's all it was. It was just meant to be a sort of personal challenge with like, can I do it or not? But I right, that was I have now. I think it's how we all get started, right? Like, it, I, I have an idea. Issues with it at all. So we just made this funny little film. And then uh, what was, what's great about the haunted house pool is, like, if I need actors, especially those that could take some abuse, you know, <laughs> hey, come be a zombie for the day. Um, you, you already know how to, like, do the zombie movements. The yeah. Lurch and gate and howls and all that. So we got tons of zombies. And it was really special because I got to get all my friends in on it but then what happened next is i feel like doing all these makeups for that film dealing with like uh the stress and pressure with meeting deadlines was the requisite experience i needed right i for face off and then get on to face off oh, that's a great point so yeah because it kind of the pressure there because i mean a face off is just pure pressure right it was so in in the timeline of my you know journey I feel like the Hans movie, for as like r- ridiculous and amateur as it is, is it is it uh fills this very vital gap on my timeline. Yeah. Well, and like you're talking shit, but like I loved it, and I think it was because like it, like it was hilarious, and like the jokes, like everything worked for like what you were trying to, because it's supposed to be it's supposed to be ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's not supposed to be taken seriously at all, and it. It worked for that. Like the makeup was serious. You believed the characters, uh, but the whole thing was so insane. This is actually, I'm I'm so happy that you brought up Face Off because this is the perfect segue. What would Hans create if he was on Face Off? What would he create? <laughs> I mean, he's got a tiny little hand, so he might not be a he might not be fast enough. But then I get all this confidence would make up for that. Yeah, yeah. Own it. Uh, I mean, he's so used to seeing zombies, so something, something zombie related, dad thing on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then what would he? Probably an image of himself. He is very arrogant. So yeah, he just makes different versions of himself. Oh, that's fantastic. The statue instead of the statue of David, statue of Hans. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every challenge is just him in a, in the in the theme. <laughs> Maybe that's the. That's great. What would he uh what would he say to the judges after a successful makeup challenge? I mean, he would definitely I think he would put the judges in their place. I mean, I, I think he would go onto the stage feeling and believing that he knows best. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It's like so I actually think it'd be irrelevant what the judges said. <laughs> he would just do whatever he wanted. That would be oh my yeah. god! That in an alternate universe, that would uh, that would be an amazing thing to see. <laughs> um, so yeah, actually, for the face-off experience, um, kind of talk to me about like the differences of. Well, I mean, we talked about a little bit how you know, kind of indie film is <laughs> a little bit of abuse. Honestly, <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, what are the biggest differences that between like network TV and indie film in the special effects department or like the special effects makeouts? The scope of work and the level of pay is a huge difference. Whereas like, yeah, on an indie film, 
you did a lot of work, <laughs> but your profit margin was much, much smaller. Whereas like on a bigger production, it's so compartmentalized. Your contribution is, is much smaller, much narrower, but uh, the payout, the monetary payout is much bigger. Yeah. So I, because you're, well, I feel like it's a, it's a very specific job. So you have like, yeah, you're the thing you're hired to do specifically. So like, are you, cause you, I know you've also worked on some other kind of bigger stuff in the, in this, just the makeup department. Like, is there a specific part of it, of the makeup that you're on, or is it kind of the whole team's working on everything? I'm hating it. It always kind of depends. I mean, lately, some of the bigger projects I've been on, I'm there as the effects artist, so it's like, if there's blood work to be done, it's me. Yeah. Anything else, somebody else has it covered. To the point that, like, if there's a blood drop on the floor, it's like, hey, we need the effect, you know, right? Fly in the effects artist to wipe up blood. Obviously, anybody can do that. Yeah, yeah. That's just how structured it gets. Yeah. That's, that's really good to know. It's like, because... You know, I'm sure for some people stepping on a bigger thing, like a bigger project, they don't, because you're so used to an indie film doing everything and it's all on you and it's, there's so much pressure there. And then you actually will sometimes get in trouble on a bigger set if you're doing not your job because you're trying to, you know, fill a gap or whatever. Yes. And I mean, as ridiculous as it sounds, there is a reason for it because everybody, you know, if you don't have structure, things get sloppy. Yeah. hundred percent stick to the person that well like not too long ago i had to do a cut finger on some someone's pretending to like cut their finger off so we have a finger prosthetic and my hands are full with that like uh because i have the, the syringe here to push the blood out yeah i'm also trying to doctor up the prosthetic pinky meanwhile the the slab we're on needs more blood and the other art hand that was there was like Kevin, is it okay if I put the blood pool on here? I'm like, yes. Like, both my hands are occupied. Yes. I <laughs> keep that responsibility to you. Maybe yeah. But no, I mean, that's good because there's communication there. And especially, I feel like especially with some special effect, with, with effects makeup, there's, you know, potential for injury with some of the, you know, like if it's a squib or whatever else. Um, that's, it, 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 communication is kind of key on that. Well, I think that's why too is so that, let's say something does go wrong. The accountability stays with whoever's department that was supposed to. Mm. Well, it's like with stunts, right? Yeah. They'll get hired to go and choreograph a stunt. That's your department. You shouldn't have other people in there walking on your department because, you know, similar with makeup, stunts has a safety component to it also. Massive, yeah. Yeah, so it's like you keep it with that person. Yeah, no, and I think that's a big thing for people to realize that are maybe making the transition from indie to a bigger project that like you need to you need to walk kind of carefully, you need to walk cautiously because or at least ask a lot of questions because uh that the make the departments really are like what they are and they have their specific jobs and uh that's you know, you don't want to get fired. <laughs> right. Yeah. What I was gonna say about the indie versus the bigger projects is naturally it seems like the bigger projects are the better routes to go because it seems like the the scope of work is much more manageable and the payouts bigger in one particular way because 
the payout can be monetary, which is great, but payout could also be the recognition you get. Mm. So I would say the downside of bigger productions is the, the same thing that's good about it is the same thing that's negative about it. Whereas like you have less w- work expected of you, that can also be the downside because then you don't get to like show the fullest of yourself. Yeah. On some of these bigger productions. Whereas like an indie project, I feel like it's such a better highlight reel of who you are because you get to do more. So yeah, and you're not, you know, being there's not like notes happening. You are in your own notes. So like it's really when with creative freedom, it's there's a lot more to do, but when you do it right, it can really be amazing. Yeah, and I've I've talked to a lot of my friends about this. One of my friends about Atlanta works on Marvel, he works on Tyler Perry, all these other things. And so he feels like it's it's kind of the same way, whereas like these projects are great. They're great for the pocketbook, you know. Mm-hmm. But the ones that really feed the heart are the more indie ones. Well, yeah, it's what it's uh some of them are for the meal and some of them are for the real. Okay, there you go. So <laughs> I, I think the best thing for a creative to do is strike a balance between those two options. Yeah. Because we're in this for the love and for the art and all that other all those other cliches. But we're in it as a business too, because this is what we make money at. And I, what I've noticed is if you only lean towards the business side of it, you really start to lose the compassion for it. But if you lean too much towards the art, you're like, yeah, this is just fun and I love it, and you know, I don't care if I get paid or not. Well, you should because then eventually, now you can't make a living. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, done the same thing where it's like part of what you do is is what uh supports you right oh no, it completely i mean the family eats on it which is a little insane but <laughs> um, well, once in a while you'll you'll take what like once in a while you'll compromise you're like okay this is just gonna be a lot of fun and i want to do it that's what this is <laughs> no i'm honestly like I eventually you know, i you know I, I know if i stick with it and stuff and i pitch stuff i can get sponsors on this and uh, I can, you know, it can start generating some money, but like in the meantime, it's something that I can do that is keeping me creative, keeping me chatting with friends, keeping, you know, something that some making something going because, uh, no, you totally get tied up sometimes in the, I'm just trying to get a paycheck and doing whatever it takes, uh, you know, with projects that are maybe less interesting. Um, and if you only do that, I guess, I mean, I think we've all experienced a bit of it because you, you bounce back and forth a little bit if you go super hard for a long time on only paid stuff that you're not as excited about uh you have to get something personal going again to reignite the fire a little bit because it other than that you you know it kind of just turns into a job yeah and let's face it if your only golden life is financial wealth why would you ever be an artist? <laughs> so true. I mean, like seriously, get a, go to, go be a lawyer or something. I plead to a to a more lofty career. And yeah, no, I mean, you know, you can you can make. I don't know. Yeah, I was a I was a, before I kind of jumped into the full time thing with uh, with Snowman Films. I was a EMT. Uh, which is not good money, but if you can stick with it for a couple of years, you become a paramedic. 
and become a fire medic, you can make like six figures with it. Um, which I actually enjoyed a lot, but it was just, I had to kind of make a decision of like, am I going to give this filmmaking really a shot or take, you know, like medical is super fun and I'm, I'm passionate about it. It was exciting. Um, but it was just like, no, I want to like, I want to create. And, um, no, it's, it's, you have to make that decision and you have to, you absolutely have to love it with all of your being because this shit is hard. It's hard, and I also think it's the groundwork for becoming a professional, and that goes for anything. Mm -hmm. In order to really become amazing at what you do, it literally has to become your life. Yeah, it's like you live it, breathe it almost every single day because there are hard days, too. I can't tell you how many times I've done a project and it's done very badly, and you know, you get existential. You're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> stressed out all the time. The hours I've put into this are not worth it. Yeah, and then yeah, and then you realize like, well, I could try to go get a job, but it might be unemployable at this point. <laughs> right. The, the alternative always looks worse. That's what keeps me going. So right. Right. My worst day as a independent artist feels better than any other option. <laughs> you know, because I think about those get by jobs I had throughout college and, and right after college because I graduated when the economy was terrible. I think I thought I don't ever want to go back to to having to do that again yeah for me it's a big like time freedom thing um the i had you know through school i would have you know like a busboy job or you know serve like all the all you know movie theater whatever that stuff is and i it would just make my skin crawl when i was like hey uh can i have this day off in two weeks to go do this fun thing and they were like no you need to come in and i'd be like okay so i'm probably just gonna quit because i i want to do that bye like I couldn't handle it. That um, that well, I think that is the greatest thing that I have going for me is the freedom. Not to say that I'm not busy. Almost. Oh no, yeah, work your ass off. I can at least move that time around as I need to. So right. Not having to ask someone permission to just go take off somewhere. Because sometimes I will. You know, work will take me to another state. Mm -hmm. I don't really have to ask. I mean. Granted, if I make a commitment somewhere, like that'll black out my dates, but it, it it's nothing like But it's a conversation or the time off and then hope they grant my regret. Right. right. Those days are long behind me. I don't no. ever have to do that again. I yeah, that I'm I'm in the same boat and thank God because uh, I would not be I would be bouncing between jobs every every week or so if that was happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But no, I mean, like, perfect example, like, we, we had to go down to uh, Texas for a funeral a couple weeks ago, and I had an editing job that I currently had, and I was able to uh, edit in the car and deliver when we got down there, and it was fine, and so, you know, it just it happened to be that I was working while we were on the road, and um, that was fantastic. It was, you know, I was like, I know that we'll be making this money when we get back, and, um it just fit again, fit the the lifestyle that I want to be able to live. No, it's so it's 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 a hundred percent required for my life. Um, jump into a different kind of uh version of what you do. You have had more cosplay experience, I think, than anybody that I know. <laughs> um, what it how does uh what's been like the coolest uh getting noticed for your work by the creator of a show? um that you've had encounters with uh recently i created the hormone monsters from big mouth 
And next, noticed um, Nick Kroll noticed. Yeah, and, uh, that's epic. What did he say? I'm trying to remember what he's. It was something very bland. At <laughs> so I think it was just something like, "Oh, how cool!" Or it was something like that. But at least you got a shout out from Nick Kroll. That's freaking yeah. Funny. That is, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, so. <laughs> we did that, and then nuts. So my friend Maya Klosterman, you know her. Yeah, thank you, dude. Don't you? So, anyways. Yeah, she was the hormone monster Connie back that time. That was last year. The year before, no, not the year before that. A few years before that, I did her up as Leela from Futurama. So I made her prosthetic with, you know, the one eye. And Katie Seagal saw that one. That's dope. Not on my accounts, but on hers. She's better at social media than I am. (laughs) Yeah, I, I do like it when it gets back to the. I feel like that's like the highest form of flattery on what you're doing because it's uh, like it's good enough that they took notice and were like this is sick mm-hmm. yeah no that's awesome how do you um how do you is there any process for what you choose to do next for cosplay or is it kind of just random a lot of times i just go along with what my friends want to do because we do group cosplay so often so usually i'm not the one that even decides what to do yeah yeah like back when we had zombie crawl, usually Liz would come up with a theme. So we did zombies in Wonderland one year. I was the caterpillar that time. That was sweet. Then we did zombies of Oz. I was the Tin Man that time. What happens in that case is that usually everyone else will be assigned their. Usually I get assigned the hardest one, and then that's left up to me. <laughs> right. Kevin has Kevin has all the talent. Let's just fucking he he can handle the hardest shit. (laughs) For uh, Alice in Wonderland, but that actually does remind me there there is a a very important component that I factor in when creating cosplays, and it's how to hide alcohol. (laughs) So the caterpillar, for example, that's a solid. I mean, that's a solid thing to factor in. You have to think about these things. So that one, like I said, is. (laughs) A sleeping bag, because I, you know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. all the suction cups on it, but it was able to unzip. So we had like a bottle of gin in there, and we had some beers and stuff, and we we went all over downtown with it. Yeah, we are went. you going a straw with it, or you just take it out and fucking do it? Just unzip the caterpillar, reach in, take something out. <laughs> but another time, we dressed up as Beetlejuice and Lydia, and we made a giant sandworm. For the purpose of creating essentially a, a Pez dispenser out of it. So we stacked <laughs> beers of this sandworm and then I went to the, the tracks nightclub because you know, buying drinks at the club is way too expensive. Oh, hundred percent. You just drag a giant sandworm, man. No one's gonna think to check it. <laughs> that is what that's the most elaborate I just I just have like a camelback with a hidden thing that I get beers in. Uh, but no, having a full on sandward and nobody's going to like think to stop you with oh, checking your pockets and what, but <laughs> a downside to this is, uh, if you're going to bars, anywhere alcohol served and you're in a cosplay, you, you kind of got to look like yourself because as one time when we were Cor- Liz was Coraline and I was YB from the same movie. We had the, the prosthetics and button eyes. Yeah. yeah. That couldn't get into a club because, uh. They couldn't verify who you were. They said, do those masks come off? And we're like, they're glued on. Like, we can't just take them off. Right. And I so- can't believe that they didn't let, like, that's amazing, but they wouldn't let you in. That's insane. 
there have been times I've been able to argue my way through it a few times. It just depends on who you get. If you get someone that's stubborn and they're determined to stand by their roles. Yeah, yeah. So it's like arguing with TSA. What someone's mind's made of, it's kind of hard to get through it. But... Those are solid tips, though. Like, A, always have a compartment or somewhere to store alcohol so you don't have to pay exorbitant bar fees. And B, at least be able to recognize your face, kind of, so that you can get it. One time, I don't remember which costume I was, but I was, I was able to make it work. Oh, I think it was for the hormone monsters, because we're at the convention center. Yeah. And... Yeah, my friends Maya and Sean, they had their fake the prosthetics glued on, but they wanted to get a drink, you know? So I went up to the bar at Fan Expo, and I said, hey, these masks are glued on, but look, I've got documentation of me applying it. Before and after. <laughs> Both of them have tattoos on their arms. Yeah, yeah. But be like, okay, take your gloves off. You could see their tattoos here. Now I'm going to show you this picture. Same tattoos, their face, everything, like... Like it was I whole, thought this out. They had to like call their manager and their manager came over and said, well, technically I shall let you do this, but fine. <laughs> it was a, it was a whole thing. So that is, uh, I'm, I'm very impressed. All the more reason just sneak the book. Bring it in yourself. hundred percent. Yeah. Especially if you have like extra, like a good amount of space that you can hide inside stuff. That's great. <laughs> Cause no, I mean, paying for drinks out is, is especially in Denver is ridiculous. It's, this is one of the one of the many many downsides of gentrification. That shit has just gotten so expensive. Oh yeah, every everything's gotten expensive about Denver. I'm gonna talk to Zach about that in a, in a bit. Uh, we're gonna try to find a time, but like, no, it's. Yeah, I wanna I wanna make sure I see Zach too before he moves. Yeah, buddy's moving away because it's uh, too damn expensive here, which I totally get. Yeah. This, I mean, I, it's kind of segueing us into something else I wanted to talk about. Yeah, maybe you know a thing or two about this. Is like. We're starting to get the worst parts of LA without the good parts. I mean, traffic sucks. Yes. Incredibly expensive, but like, for God's sake, the industry will not come here. Do you know? I know. Any upward movement on that or not? Um, I heard that one, uh, there's a new candidate for governor, I want to say. Uh, not governor. Anyway, uh, Leslie Harada heard is more... Um, more passionate about the arts and like film and like wanting to bring stuff here so like incentives wise which is that's what we need we need vastly better incentives to bring stuff here um because we have i mean you know we have lsi that has you know we have uh lighting services that has a massive sound stage and like you know there's a, we have a bit of what can handle uh a bigger industry we just need the incentives and need people to actually care about it i think the ability and talent are here we just we don't yeah. have Right. Politics here. Correct. And we, I mean, what I've worked on mostly the past two years is like reality shows and commercials. So like we have trash TV being made here, but we don't have, you know, be like a lot of features. We have a couple features. I think, I, I do think it's growing though. I do, because I do think, I mean, just being in the Facebook group uh, and find, I've seen a lot of people moving from LA here, which I'm kind of like, damn it. Cause you're going to have more experience for stuff than I am and you're going to get my jobs. But, uh, it also tells me that there's movement in the industry to be away from LA and be like, it's kind of expanding and hopefully it'll, uh, lead to more consistent work here. That's what I'm hoping. It seems like it's been wishful thinking for many. It is. <laughs> yeah. 
it has it's been it's been a slow but like that's the thing is like well actually a question for you are you like do you have roots because i have roots here i have family in the mountains like we're gonna get land like i'm i'm here i'm not moving uh are you staying here or what do you uh is this your home base or what do you think i wasn't gonna stay here but we bought a house now so yeah i'm anchored here well i mean it is like if you can stay out of the city essentially which is what i've done um it's it's better like the, i live in evergreen and it's really chill there and fun and you know the the local like getting to the locals is awesome but like yeah i think what you said the worst parts of la without the industry so you have more traffic you have uh increasingly aggressive homeless people uh tent cities are happening like that that shit wasn't here like five years ago um and uh no it's it's a little insane so hey uh for people in the industry like don't we're, we're good don't move here you're fine <laughs> but uh i want the i want the jobs from la i just don't want everybody coming out because i it's funny too like some of the people that i've met from la i've heard i've a i've talked to quite a few and they're they're like the la scene is very like doggy dog like super competitive like people stab you in the back and i think what we have here at our base is a very uh supportive community everybody's friends everybody like wants each other to succeed but I do think that's part of having a smaller, like smaller knit group community here um, that, you know, we're trying to grow it. And if we get a bunch of assholes coming in, like that's not fun for anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh it'll be, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get more. Cause again, I'm not going anywhere and it sounds like you're kind of tied down too. So it uh hopefully it comes to us and, uh, in the meantime, you know, we have the industry that's here. You're doing commission work. I'm doing, you know, occasionally I'll drive Uber if I have to. Like, we're getting by. The, the good thing is that even without moving to L.A. or Atlanta or Albuquerque, which I haven't really considered L.A. I've considered the other two. Yeah. Might have not moving to either place. I have not had to go looking for work. I've, I've stayed busy right here. That's great. That is a good thing. Yeah. What well, I mean, I mean, for me too, like that you, you, you're doing well, but just cause I mean, you're, you say you're not good at social media, but you're very good at posting your work, which I think probably leads to other jobs. Um, and then I, there's what Denver does have is kind of a thriving, uh, small business like market here. So like I do a lot of, I I'm currently waiting on a client to do, I'm gonna have a, a brewery client for, for video marketing. So like, you just have it just changes the work is there it just changes the style of the work that it is uh there's not as much narrative there's more marketing here well and then that brings up another important thing too is be hireable in more than just one way oh 100 i don't quite quite a lot um but probably 50 percent. there's a lot i do that's not successful yeah yeah, like you do, uh, you do like installations and stuff for like. Right, hold up, your uh, your video froze. <laughs> you tell there we go. We're back. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen a lot of stuff for like restaurants or like you know different different clients. But that's all that that is interesting. Like that's a good point. Is like your skills as an artist or as any creator, you should have multiple like avenues that you can do that you're having fun with like you are still that's it's you're doing the same job it's just for different types of clients yeah and for the same the this kind of two-part dichotomy we talked about in the beginning is uh relevant in this case too where it's low you should be 
hireable for more than one thing because of then it, it keeps your income steady. Right. But it also keeps you from getting complacent too, because sometimes I just want to take a break. Yeah. Plenty of times it's like, okay, once this production's done, can I just like do some painting for a while or something? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll just kind of switch it up. That's actually a question I'd like to ask everybody is what, where are the, where are the ways that you're getting your money in with what you do? I'd say about 50% is film stuff. Last year, werewolves were in for some reason. I did. <laughs> Three werewolf movies off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure. In one year? Yeah. Wow. I want to say there was more. I mean, more people want. Like, at least a lot of zombies. Zombies are easy. Yeah. So did a lot of werewolf stuff. Anyways... I'd say about 50% of my income is from film. The rest of it is from commission. Yeah. It's like painting and stuff. For a long time, like people wanted pet portraits or like, uh, people like fan art. Yeah. Birthday and Christmas gifts. And then I have another client that has me paint medical prosthetics. I could do that from home. And then. Paint medical press. Oh, and that's super interesting. Oh, so like do art on like on like legs and stuff? Like fake body parts. Silicone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Medical? Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. it has to be like as realistic as possible, basically. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. That. And then my boss Lou, who runs LFX, LaFond Effects. He gets a lot of exhibition clients. So we're we're doing stuff for Coachella right now. Nice. And he's actually trying to turn his shop into a studio. He His company's been renamed to LFX Filmworks. And there are two locations. There's a Rhino location and the Commerce City one. So, you know, back to the subject of trying to create some infrastructure in Denver, that's something that we're trying to contribute to also. Yeah, Having a studio where people could come and use it. Yeah. So we got art, movies, art installations, medical stuff. Uh, what percentage is like the uh, uh, creature creation and like molding and sculpting? Probably. I guess I did an elephant for a restaurant, right? Yeah. So I'd, that would fall under exhibition. Okay. Box, whatever. Yeah, that's a pretty, it, it ebbs and flows. I mean, this year it seems like that's been a considerable chunk, maybe like about a third of what I do. Yeah. Because it seems like once you get a client, if you do right by them, it keeps leading to other stuff. And so like with this client, they do all these pop-up bars and installations. So this is the third time I've done something for them. That's a great client to have. Yeah, so <laughs> it's for the Zeppelin station because there's a Moulin Rouge theme bar. Yeah. Through this client, I've done props for a putt-putt golf course for uh, the Alice in Wonderland bar. It was downtown not too long ago and made a, I made the white rabbit for them. Nice. But no, I mean, putt-putt makes sense too because they need they need a whole bunch of different styles of things like divers. And I know you were working for Elitches for a while. Yeah, so my favorite thing I did for Elitches was that giant fish tail. Yeah. I saw that in there. 
So if anybody, is it still there? It's somewhere. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's probably in storage now. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you get, if you go to Elitch's in Denver, that the, uh, the amusement park and you see a giant fishtail somewhere, Kevin made that. Hopefully it was in one of their ponds for a couple of weeks when all, when all their fish died. <laughs> no, no, it, it turned out whoever cleaned it, and I don't care if Elitch's knows this because they need to, uh, manage a lot of their park better. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair. Somebody cleaned it and didn't, uh, I, I don't know if they, they cleaned it to the point where like there was no algae or something in there for the fish or if they added a chemical that killed it. It, it was something to do with the, the maintenance of the pond that killed the fish. Yeah. But since the, the, then you were the easy, you were the easy pond, person to go after. It's like, it had nothing to do with the fish tail. So you guys didn't clean it properly. So get on your shit, you just else. <laughs> don't put fish in there. I don't know. Right. You know, I mean, honestly, having fish in an amusement park doesn't make a ton of sense either. I don't think fit on beta that bad. Put them somewhere else. <laughs> like, say, that fish jail. I don't think it's that impressive to the. the... <laughs> yeah, who's like, oh my God, they have fish in there. Like, nobody cares. Not gonna go there. Oh, wow, there's goldfish. That was definitely worth you raising 10 bucks <laughs> over the summer. It's nine, is it? God. That's yeah. That's why the that's why all the prices were raised. The drink prices because they had to feed the fish. Yeah. Oh, it's it's funny. I I I feel like I could talk so candidly. I mean, I I don't work there anymore, and Zach's about to quit. But yeah, yeah. One of my jobs was to update the signs constantly. Uh, not because they changed graphically, but because the the prices would change. Oh my God. Or to summer to summer. It's like okay, here's everything we need to change. The hot dog is not five bucks anymore. It's I don't know. Seven bucks, eight bucks. <laughs> See, that's a perfect example of it being a job. Yeah. That's like, oh, I'm just doing, I'm changing prices on signs. But I mean, you're technically painting, but it's not fun. <laughs> right. no. yeah, and that's, and that's some of, you know, if for creators or painters looking to, you know, get work out there, like that's some of it. That's some of it is just, you're getting paid to do a job and, you know, that, it's work, but it's not fulfilling work. So you got to be able to balance the other stuff. Yeah. And I, I feel like we're working there. The, the upside to Elitch is, was I liked working with Zach and Brandon and that. Oh yeah. They're the best. But there was something sculptural to do that was fun. Yeah. The fish oil was fun, but going through and changing the verbiage on the signs, I was like, nah, this is tedious. What was, uh, what was the coolest, what was the thing that you enjoyed most for Fright Fest, uh, for the Halloween stuff there? So I brought in a spider I made years ago that I think is still hanging up there. I, I never did get it back. He did. It was, <laughs> but yeah, that was fun to do. How big was that? It's pretty big. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's, it's bigger than. It's it's big. There's like a ten foot spider or something. Probably actually with its leg span. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's kind of fun. It's it's a big spider. Yeah, totally. That's way more fun than uh, changing it from five to seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did that, and then I painted one of those photo ops where you stick your head through the holes, and it looked like a cartoon. I did one that was a couple of zombies. That was fun to do. Nice. Yeah. So it sounds like it was kind of a mixture of like cooler and less cool stuff. Yeah, it was it was mixed for me. I mean, any job I've ever had, even. 
you know my favorite uh things i've done production wise or whatever it's like there's always like those those tasks of the job that are very you know dull yeah some of some fun stuff to do for me, it's like, again, I mean, this is very low-level shit, but, like, with uh, doing PAs, like, a lot of the coolest gigs that I've been on have been as a PA. So, like, I worked for uh, the Disney show, Let It's, uh, what, the, the snow one, the snow sculpture one. But, so there was, like, I got to be on set with Kermit the Frog, which was sick, but there were some days where I was just doing runs for waters all day, and it was just like, this is hell. Uh, <laughs> but, no, it was, I mean, it was, it was a cool experience, and you just got to balance... Again, the fact that you're working as a creative is cool in general. Like, as we were saying earlier, we could be, you know, at a cubicle. Right. <laughs> Kermit the Frog nice in real life? Oh, my God, he's the best. Dude, he stayed for two hours after he finished filming to take photos and videos of everybody, and I got a personalized shout-out to my wife and kids from Kermit the Frog. So, dead. He's an old, old frog. Yeah, he's, old. Uh, he's a hard-working guy. Hardworking frog. <laughs> no, but you know, just absolute class act. It was so fun. Speaking of uh, of characters and and a sharp left turn away from Kermit, <laughs> uh, you've gotten very close to the flamboyant uh, Satan on the show board as hell. <laughs> what was what some of my favorite in that was the public interactions. What was your like favorite interaction when shooting with with Satan um, in public? I have a couple actually. So. Yeah. Well, which one should I start with? They're both kind of funny because we we get good, pretty much the the pol- I actually have more than two. All right, <laughs> tell me some stories. The one time, uh, I think this was in twenty fifteen sixteen. I I wanted to take Satan to Gay Pride just to get some interactions, and, and he was kind of nervous. He's like, I don't know how people are going to take this. I mean, <laughs> right, right, right. Protesters are like. A protester would not go through this much trouble. They would just have a crappy sign. You know, so, like, no, we need to get Satan interacting. Just just cover him in rainbows and you're fine. We did. We uh, we, we put Satan in my car, which is hard. <laughs> uh, to put the sunroof down. Yeah, his horns are, what, like a foot or two? Yeah. And we, we put a feather boa on him and we drove down to the 16th Street Mall and it was Sunday, which means the meters are free. So we're like, cool, parking a meter. Well, Sunday also means there's church going on. We ended up parking <laughs> a cathedral downtown. And right out of church, right as this gay ass gay Satan gets out of my car, all these parishioners are getting out of church. Like the bells rang. And they're like, roll, roll, roll the cameras. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they just all averted their gaze. I mean, I thought it was funny. I'm like, Satan, you should go in there confess. <laughs> now we didn't. That's uh, the 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 reactions on that. Did you did you get any footage of it or was it just happy to happen? None of that. Once we went down to the festival. Yeah, yeah. And everyone there liked it. Uh, it the Westward took part yeah. Westward. I remember seeing like like news coverage of it, which was like that was I'm like, y'all man, you're doing. No, funny. I mean, nobody took it the wrong way. Like. I think that's part of like how he does the character too. Like he's just so he's he transforms. What's, what's hilarious is he's a Christian. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, no, like he really just takes takes the character. Like he he there's not ill will there. He's so he's just having pure fun with it. 
and and he always does, and and he he tailors his humor for who he's around. We used to film in my apartment complex all the time, and the neighborhood kids would see it, and uh, he would just interact with them. You know, he'd go out onto my balcony to take breaks because it'd get so hot in the suit, and all these yeah, Montbello children would be down there, like having <laughs> conversations with them. Like, what's your name? He's like, oh, it's Lucifer. Hi, Lucifer. <laughs> One time, this uh, this little boy, probably now three or four, was uh, getting off the elevator. We're, we're in my hallway, and Satan was there. And the, and the little boy got off the elevator first. He saw this like big ass Satan. Oh my god! But then Satan moved out of eyesight, and then the parents get off the elevator, and this little <laughs> boy was. It's like, Mama, Diablo. And she's like looking over. She sees nothing. But then Satan would turn. And every time the child would see it. So he's like trying to tell his parents that this big ass devil down the hall. That's fucking great. Like to this day, they don't believe him. <laughs> oh, no. No. Because <laughs> why would you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That happened one time. Um. What's your name? Lucifer. Hello. Yeah. Well, and then if you guys haven't seen it, you need to go check out Bored as Hell. It's on, it's on uh, YouTube. Dude, I saw you I saw you putting clips up on TikTok. Have you continued doing that? Uh not lately, but I mean you need to I mean, stop. There's Yeah. Oh my god, that shit it is it is some of the fun again. Just I'm in tears laughing at this stuff. What makes it hard is TikTok's censorship is pretty extreme. So that's it's true. Post bored as hell content and not get flagged. That's fair. That's fair. Like any YouTube might be the place. Like if it's violent, I can usually put a disclaimer on it. But one time I posted a video where Satan summons this big bush of weed and that one got taken off. There was <laughs> Yeah. Weed stuff, yeah, yeah. Uh, YouTube Shorts would be a good... That's kind of a similar uh, algorithm pop to TikTok. I think that's better because, honestly, I don't think these days we have the benefit of long attention spans. Oh, no. Trying to get people to watch your stuff. And so I think... Because we started Board as Hell back in 2015, and we we're thinking, yeah, if we do this, these kind of Saturday Night Live vignettes, you know, great. But honestly, expecting someone to watch even five to ten minutes of something, I think it's too much. I think you need to have a fan base to begin with to be able to do longer for longer. For, I mean, yeah. and I, you know, I I'm posting these entire episodes on on YouTube, but uh, I'm also clipping out a bunch of stuff for shorts that will then link to to the longer. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking, you know, with TikTok or maybe on YouTube also is just. Take out some of the funny bits and just put that because yeah, I mean I think that's more entertaining than watching a whole episode or something. Well, and like I'm sure there's well, <laughs> I don't know how much is appropriate for TikTok. I guess with the censorship, but like I think, uh, and that that does suck. Um, but no, I think it's there's enough there, especially for YouTube Shorts to like you have so much. I mean, again, it's minute or less. Like there's so much, just you know, one joke and out. Like you can do 15 second clips. Like, you don't have to do a whole bit. Um. It's, it's, I think it could be, because again, there's so much potential there. And I just, I think it's, it needs. And truthfully, I think it's funnier in smaller doses. <laughs> right. Just no context. <laughs> especially like, if you don't even, especially at the more random it is. Almost the... Yeah. No, and that's, no, that's a beautiful thing. Like again, with shorts and TikTok, like you're just swiping and then just Satan pops up in a feather boa and you're like, what the fuck? Okay. This is okay. Fair enough. <laughs> 
I thought of two more things that happened. Yeah, yeah. Like, one time, the, the most negative reaction we got was at the park once. Uh, this, uh, this woman came up to us. Oh, my God. And I'm pretty sure her accent was fake. She's trying to sound British. She's like, and excuse me, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. You're frightening the children. And I, I said, we're almost done. And it was, you know, it's a public park. Yeah. I said, we're almost done filming. And we were almost done. We had one more sh It's like, it had to be right. She had to get her way. She's like, I don't cut up. You have to leave now. I'm like, you don't get to tell me that. She's like, if you don't leave, I'm calling the police. I'm like, go for it. The police. He's a guy costume that. and it's a public park. Well, then she went on to castigate us about how inappropriate this was and how Jesus was <laughs> I'm like, ah. Like, you don't realize that the man in the suit was... <laughs> right, right. And you do. <laughs> he's wearing he's wearing a cross underneath the Satan costume, <laughs> or has some shirt with some kind of Jesus insignia on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was funny, but it's what what it kind of underscores is like the irony behind all. It's like yeah, how irreverent it is. Where it's like you know you got someone that is a Christian that's just he's doing this in jest. It's just funny. Also, she's saying that the children don't like it, but he's interacted yeah. with children so many times. They like, they they like it, and you, the the younger the kids would love the character. My kids would have a complete blast. Yeah. Although, of course, my son's favorite song is by Rob Zombie. So, but you know, <laughs> well, and I think it's important to just explain to kids what's real and what isn't. Yeah, absolutely. I like, like encourage the fear in them. No, oh, and especially like that. No, I think it's kind of like the. Uh, I mean, it's like if, you, if there was. A, oh no, because you had Krampus in one episode. That's right. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, just bringing comedy to kind of the darker stuff is. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Well, I mean, we we're up front, all kinds of parents were telling their kids, "Like, you go up to Satan right now. We're gonna take a picture." I, I that makes sense because generally people at Pride are gonna be pretty cool, right? Yeah. Well, I think to them they see the irony, like you know, the the the, the opponents of prior, especially the religious, re religiously motivated opponents who are saying like, you know, this is in uh, in line with with the devil. Well, that well, there you go. It's like fine. The devil wants to come and participate because at least it's colorful and people are having a good time. <laughs> so I think that's the way people took it. Yeah. Um. Well, and again, just the character that he has is so like it's so it's it's honestly like lovable. It's he is so fun. So much that another time we were filming, the these group of kids were following us because we were filming outside. And this was at my apartment again. So so like I said, like kids are entertained. <laughs> the kids are big fans. I'm saying really really young. Maybe yeah yeah. You know, ease up a little bit. But I would say this this time we're we're filming outside. And these kids ranging from like probably eight all the way up to like twelve and thirteen saw what we were doing and they came up to us and you know, my my other friends who were just there to like help with the set and stuff were saying, like, yeah, we're we're shooting a film and they're like, Whoa, so like this is how you make films and like, I got no problem with them just being there as spectators because it's you know, it wasn't a neighborhood where I feel like kids have a lot of chances or get to like see cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if they want to watch, let them watch. And then uh, we go inside the apartment because uh, we're filming in the lobby. 
And then we went into the elevator, like, okay, we'll see you kids later. We go up the elevator, we get off. They had taken the stairs all the way up to the fifth floor because they just want to follow us. Oh, they just, they, not even like one floor, they had like booked it up many flights of stairs yeah. to come see. Yeah, them. they didn't want to leave. And like, once we <laughs> go into my apartment and film, like, okay, like, this is the You're not coming in, I'm right. I'm not very much a kid's of No. <laughs> Satan. It's Satan. Yeah. You come into my apartment so you can see me film with Satan. Like, their parents are like, where are they? Oh, they're in this apartment with this guy filming with Satan. Yeah, I'm like, I'm that's how you get the cops called. About that sounds terrible. <laughs> this time you can't. It's like <laughs> you, you close it at the door just to yeah. And well, and I was I was dressed as the sleazy weed. Also, that's but, right. You know, to add another layer to this, I'm dressed in drag, and we got a Satan and a video camera and all these strange adults you've never met. Like, thanks for thanks you know, for watching us on YouTube. <laughs> stay in school. Yeah, <laughs> not you not coming in here. I'm a good day. Stay, stay in school, but, uh, you know, have some fun in art class because that's how we got here. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Bored as Hell was a lot of fun. So. Yeah, it looked like it. I mean, there there are tons of stories. I, I gave you a few, but, like, we, we were great. Funny, funny encounters. No, 100%, man. It's, it's some Satan stories is... <laughs> That might have to be the name of the episode. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pump it into ChatGPT and see what comes out for for good SEO titles. But uh, that's <laughs> Satan Stories is up there. <laughs> it, it has a special place in my heart. I don't know what its future is because uh, once we finished, we had our premiere at the 2019 at the Bud Theater. Yeah, yeah. I think it came with Zach and Brandon. And yeah. Then, right after that, we were hoping to pitch it. But, you know, 2020 came after 2019 and pretty much we don't talk about 2020. Everything got shut down. So, yeah, I kind of lost my steam after that. And yeah. Quite resurrected this production. Well, and here's the thing, too, like uh, from I've been in development on like a TV show uh, before we were doing uh, kind of a, a tat, uh, tattoo action sports uh, tattoo interview action sports show. Um, and a lot of, and what the producers basically said was, uh, feel free to build a online following, uh, because the only, I mean, whether it goes out as so, or whether they remake it with like bigger and better with budget, um, it never hurts to have fans. Uh, you know, if you have a following that also kind of shows proof of concept on it. Um, so I would say, man, just keep pumping out content and, and maybe it'll go somewhere. Yeah, we'll see. We, we definitely got a lot of content. We definitely got to prove the concept. Yeah, man, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's all you need. Like, that's, it can be the jumping off. And again, it's like part of why I'm pumping out so much uh, online course stuff now for my different projects because it's like I put all this work in and I'd rather it be at least out to for somebody to get, you know, uh, value from it, even if it doesn't make a ton of money. Um, I put hours into it and I'd rather people see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, I think, I think it really has some legs and I'm excited to see what you're doing next. Speaking of which, what do you, uh, let's roll out the car red carpet for you here. What, what do you got going on? Been trying to learn animation, actually. That's kind of another frontier for me. So I've been practicing with that a lot, but, uh, I don't have the active production outside of that right now that I, that's really public. Yeah. Or does hell is kind of just resting. Yeah. And I think right now I'm just trying to get my foot in some other doors. 
you know, I've, I've gone to other cities to try to work out there. I've gone to Portland a few times to teach. So I'm just trying to carve more paths. Yeah. Off the ones I already have. So I think, like I said, this year marks the 10 years of me getting involved in film. So I'm trying to just bring it to the next level. No, I love it. I mean, that's, it's the, uh, it's the classic 10 year overnight success, right? Like, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's, you're, you're a forever artist and as, and as so you're always kind of branching out into new things. And I mean, I mean, similar, I'm doing the podcast, I like, guess is very easy to do and it's fun and it's, you know, creatively fulfilling. And I think that's, that's always what we're chasing after is just having fun and making stuff. Um, and nuts. That's awesome. I think, I think all those things are, the animation would be really sweet. Oh man. Could you imagine like a bored as hell animated series? Oh, I wish. <laughs> that would be great. You know, who knows? A lot of things they're developed, they ferment for a while and they blossom later. I don't know. I want to see Hans and Satan do some stuff together. That would be mayhem. We might. That would be amazing. They, 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 they're technically in the same universe. Right. Yeah, because you've created a, you, you, that's what you've done is you created a, a universe and you get to name it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's exciting. I want to get some, I need to get some marketing behind it, but also I want someone else to just produce it for me. Yeah. That's, that's hard. I mean, producing is a very, very, very specific type of person and it's, yeah. That's this one that out of my pocket, which is hard to do. Yeah. Oh, uh, I would, I would love it if somebody else, like some production, like, all right, we're going to take over. I mean, I, I would relinquish quite a lot of control over it if I could have it actually be handsome. Well, here, you okay. heard it. You heard it on the, on the show here. Any producers looking for a crazy, uh, some crazy characters to, to make some content on, Kevin is available and willing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Just call me. I'll put, uh, put contact info in the show notes. 